Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. We are here with Dr. Charlotte Markey, a world-leading expert in body image research. She has studied all things body image, eating behavior, weight management, body image issues for girls and boys. And she is really passionate about understanding what makes us feel good about our bodies and helping people develop a healthy body image. She is a professor of psychology at Rutgers University, Camden. She's written a body image book for girls and body image book for boys. Really excited to speak with Dr. Markey today about body image and specifically about body image issues faced by boys during the teenage years. We're going to talk about how often we think that we want to avoid body image or not have issues with body image, but really that gets us to a place of being neutral, body neutral, and that's not good enough. We're going to look at some interesting research on how kids consume media related to body image can be less affected by body image related media. And we're going to talk about how as parents, when our kids are getting into the teenage years, our responsibilities related to body image start to sort of shift. And it's no longer so much about proactive preparing them for things. And hopefully we've done some of that when they're younger. And now when they're teenagers, we're really going to be working on responding and how to notice opportunities to respond appropriately to our children when they're saying things related to what people are wearing or how people are looking or body size and body image and how we can sort of notice those cues and how we can respond as parents and get our kids talking about these things in a way that they'll actually think about and internalize. A whole lot of really great stuff coming up on this episode. Really, really excited to talk about body image for boys with Dr. Charlotte Markey. Dr. Markey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Talk to me a little bit. What's going on? You got a book that I've gone through here on body image for boys. Why do you think this is an important topic and what inspired you to write a book about it? Yeah, so I wrote the body image book for girls a couple of years ago, and the plan really was always to write a book for boys also. Most people feel like it makes sense or is more obvious, the the book for girls, and I appreciate that. I didn't 100% see it that way. I guess I think that there are some similar and some different issues that boys and girls experience growing up, and I really, you know, wanted to delve into them for boys as well, so I did. (laughs) The girls got books sold enough that they let me write another one. Okay. You just keep running with it. (laughs) That's cool. I'm curious what was like the big things from the girls book that were interesting to people. And what did you take from that experience of writing that book to then um, put into this book? From the girls book, I got a lot of positive feedback about the personal stories people like 
not just the actual like anecdotes and what people were sharing, but just sort of normalizing, talking about, Mm. I mean, really what it comes down to is mental health struggles, right? Like sort of those voices in your head that I think most of us have, and we don't talk about a lot because you don't want to sound crazy. So you don't want to express that self-doubt or, Mm. you know, what you do to cope with that self-doubt. So I got a lot of positive feedback from the girls book about that and just normalizing conversations, normalizing stressors that young people experience. And I think that if anything, I tried to do more of that then in the boys book, because I think it's even more important for boys that boys grow up without the same socialization, unfortunately, as girls. So girls, they're more comfortable talking about their feelings and talking about health issues. And even my own son, when I talk to him, he's just kind of like, mom, this is weird. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, I'm also his mom. So, you know, there's that piece of it. That's true. But I've tried really hard to raise my kids so that they can talk openly and they know I'm a psychologist and they know what I do for a living and they know I will not be shocked by their adolescent experiences given what I do for a living. And yet still, I think that, you know, girls are just more comfortable talking and being more verbal and we've just normalized that. And then what happens for boys? That's what worries me. What happens for boys when they are struggling, if they feel like they have no one to talk to, or it's not okay, it's not cool. It's not manly. Yeah. You ought to be tough. Yeah. I mean, the messages are pretty clear, right? Like you gotta be tough. Better to say like too little than too much. It seems like you gotta have muscles, you know, you're in charge. Like that's a lot of pressure. And, you know, especially for kids right now, like my own two teenagers have experienced a lot of their adolescence during the pandemic. So that's been like a whole nother layer of stress and mental health stuff to deal with for a lot of kids that's rough. Like two years out of my adult life sucks, but two years when you're like 12, a lot of stuff going on and to not have sort of the normal go to school, be with your friends, hang out with girls, boys, whatever, like a lot of that disappeared. So. So let me just take a little step back here. What is body image exactly? (laughs) Should we even care about it? Isn't it? Should we just try and just not even think about body image and just not even worry about it at all? Most body image researchers will say like body image is defined as your thoughts and feelings about your body. And that's like a fine definition, but I think it's also kind of incomplete because it makes it sound like the superficial construct. Like, it's just like, how concerned with your appearance are you in this superficial way? When really the research suggests that it kind of comes down to more like, how do you feel about yourself? Then that affects like all different sorts of behaviors you may or may not engage in, how you eat, whether or not you exercise, your sleep, your sexual behaviors even. It affects your interpersonal relationships and it's just so strongly related to other aspects of mental health. So depression, anxiety, and of course, eating disorders. You know, everyone has a body image. Everyone has this sense of self, of how they feel within their physical selves. 
And so, yeah, I think we need to talk about it. We need to understand it. We need to think about how to help young people grow up feeling good about themselves. You know, I think what you were alluding to for a moment, this like, what if we just don't think about it issue does get a lot of attention. And sometimes we call that body neutrality. The idea of like, can I just be like content, accepting, not give this mental space? Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that, but for most people, they have to do work to get to that point. It's not like you can just like shut it down. Turn it off. Stop it. It's not like you just turn it off. Right. (laughs) It's like you kind of have to like accept that this is this thing that we all have. And then what do you do with that? And then do you want to be sort of neutral? Are you happy just like with this sort of content zenness of like, I'm just not going to worry about some of this. And for some people, that's enough. I think as a psychologist, that's kind of like when we say like, you're not depressed, like that's good to not be depressed. Right. Yeah. Right. But like as a psychologist, I want people to actually be happy. Yeah. You know, I think that's like a better goal. So neutrality is great. Just like not being depressed is great. Okay. So, but what's the happy equivalent? Is that body positivity? Yeah, I think so. And what's that look like? Body positivity looks like feeling really comfortable in your skin, feeling appreciative of your body. It doesn't necessarily mean like you're just thinking about how you look. It means that you enjoy being active. You think about that. Like I try to practice body positivity. I'm a runner. When I run, I try to think like, isn't this great that I can do this? You know, like I'm Mm -hmm. in my late forties now and I can still do this and I'm out and about, I'm with friends I'm staying in shape. So kind of focusing on those issues is part of body positivity. And for some people it's an aesthetic expression too. And that's all right. It's, you know, getting dressed up, trying to look good, like, and not being stressed by that, but enjoying that. And that's okay. So are there anything that parents can do to help teenagers develop more body positivity, especially because I think it's just such a hard time when your body is just changing so much. It's like a moving target, you know, Um, (laughs) just when you start getting kind of positive, then something else is changing. And now you have something else to sort of feel embarrassed about or inadequate for, and then the norms are changing. And then other people are maturing faster than you. There's so much coming at you. You know, it's hard enough as an adult to feel a sense of positivity, but I mean, wow, what can we do for teenagers? You kind of nailed it there though. It's like, things are always changing. It's like, we have these appearance ideals that we all see, and they're basically of people who are like 20, Right. right? And we're actually only 20 for one year of our life. Right. So, you know, as a younger person, you can aspire to that. But like you said, your body's changing. And then the rest of us, you know, if we don't have like a whole crew of people helping us with our appearance, like celebrities do, then 20 comes and goes, then we're getting older, then other crap happens. So I think it's important to talk about the fact that like our bodies are always changing. That's part of life. This idea that like there's this static perfection we can aim for is just an illusion. Yeah. And just hold on to it. It's like a moment, you know, like that's (laughs) not the way this works. Yeah. So I think it's important to talk about like, it's just normal. Like our our bodies change. We want to try to take good care of them. We want to try to eat sort of decent. It doesn't have to be perfect. We want to try to be active. Again, not perfection is not the goal. Get enough sleep. 
you know, manage stress, like just try to take good care of yourself. Like you get this one body for your whole life in school. What do kids get when it comes to like health education? Like they get a lot of like, don't do drugs and don't have sex or be careful. If you do, maybe they don't get a lot of like, you gotta like take care of this place where you reside as a human being. And so I think as parents, we have to kind of really focus on those messages more and also model that as well as we can, like actually try to live that as best we can, where we're not, you know, being perfectly healthy. Like that's also pathological often. Um, But, but just, you know, attending to these things and communicating about them and, um, and also being really accepting of kids. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, that sense of unconditional love and sort of acceptance from parents and from caregivers just really goes far. So then if they're feeling freaked out because they have like a lot of hair under their arms all of a sudden, right? Like hopefully, yeah, they're going to feel weird about that. That's normal to feel weird about that. But hopefully if they know like that's normal, they know that's normal. They've heard that's normal. They know their parents don't care. They love them no matter what. That helps. It doesn't solve everything, but it helps. You were talking about sort of this ideal that we have, the 20-year-old body that we all want. I guess I feel like it's even more than that because it's like a fiction. Well, I mean, I used to be in the modeling industry and, you know, it's like um, you work out all the time and you're like super focused on constantly like taking care of your appearance in a way that like just normal people can't. And then they take pictures of you and then they like Photoshop them. And then the way they light them, it's not even just the fact that it's a 20 year old person that we can only be for a second. It's like an illusion of like a superhuman level that we can never attain. I wonder just how we should be more realistic or how we can help teenagers be more realistic, especially with social media and so many messages of perfection in doctored body imagery. Like, is there any chance to sort of have a healthy aspirations or like a healthy ideas or goals for what you should be? I mean, it's really tricky. I think that one of the sort of broad issues that we can do as adults and talking with kids is try to talk about media literacy and what you're seeing, like you said, has gone through these different steps. First, you're like starting with a person who's exceptional in a variety of ways, right? right. And then the world and right. find <laughs> <laughs> like top like 10 people. And then <laughs> on top of that, their job is to look good. So they can spend a lot more time than I would argue any of us should on their appearance. And then there's all this Photoshopping and editing and presentation in a way that just is super unrealistic. So kids interestingly get some of this because they do it to their own pictures. Yeah, right. So there's actually even this one study that came out a few years ago that showed that people who had greater familiarity, like kids, with photo editing stuff, like in Snapchat or whatever, like they were somewhat less affected by some of these media images because they had done it themselves. Oh, Isn't that funny? I love that. Yep. That makes so much sense, right? And then you start to see pictures and you're like, oh, I know what they did there. I, I know see what what's filter going on. that is. Or, right, you know, right, right. Oh, look at that blurring in the background. No, I see what's happening there. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of see this with my son who's 16 and he's not on social media a ton, but 
there was something I needed for work and I wanted to like kind of get rid of part of the picture or whatever. And, <laughs> and, and I was like, can you do this? Like, he was like, oh yeah, this is easy. Like, sure. here joop, joop, joop. Yeah. Yep. He was like, here you go. And you know, that was, would have taken me like, you know, hours to like sort through because I don't do that. I didn't grow up with that technology. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see as more young people grow up with the technology, if some of the imagery affects them in the same way. We don't really know yet for sure. Like aside from that study I mentioned, it's not just like the modeling industry or advertising that has the technology everyone does now. Yeah, totally. In theory, I don't apparently, but in theory, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if, you, if you are like under 25 or something, I guess you can probably figure this stuff out pretty quickly. So that helps. It's like the little Wizard of Oz effect a little bit, you know, yeah. and once you see the man behind the curtain, you start to kind of realize how much of yeah. this is an illusion. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that's important to remind kids about is that you know, how you look, you know, people value that. Like you can't completely like lie to them about that, I think, because they know better. Right. It's also just like really one part of who you are. This is not the most important or the most interesting thing about you probably. Like what are your other interests? Like who else are you? Yeah. Like we want to talk more about that. We want to nurture those other interests, those other passions. And we also know to a certain extent that, you know, how we view someone's appearance is kind of subjective right? Yeah. If we talk to someone and they just seem really interesting or cool or passionate about something and they have a great talent, they become so much more attractive to us, right? Yeah, totally. These things are not like, you don't have to really separate them. Like, you know, by nurturing other passions and talents, we can actually, in some ways, contribute to like the attractiveness of, of young people. Yeah. You know, again, I think it's really important to say like, this is just one part of who you are. Social media and the media can have this power over us because we look at it and the way our brains work is we immediately start to compare ourselves. Right. If we looked at, you know, whatever Instagram and our first response was like, oh, like she looks really great. I'm so happy for her. That's wonderful. <laughs> right? Like if that's what we yeah, did, right. it wouldn't have a negative effect. We'd just yeah. be like happy all the time. Everyone looks right. great, right? Yeah. But what we do is we look and we think, she looks really great. Crap, why don't I look like uh, Or yeah, she's right. doing whatever. Why is my life less glamorous? Yeah. Like this is just kind of how our brains work. Like we use comparison because it provides valuable information. But like once we know that that's what our brain is kind of almost hardwired to do, then we can start to work with it. And so if you look and you catch yourself doing that, yeah. you can kind of shut it off and be like, well, but of course they posted that picture because they look good or because they're doing something fun or the lighting. It's like when you can view these things and not immediately then like go to this like place of personal despair or something, right? Yeah. Then it just becomes much less powerful. And teenagers can start to figure this out. Like, Kids can be pretty good at this, actually, uh, realizing like it's either unrealistic or what effect it's having on them. But they kind of need to be guided often. They need to be brought there. Like they're not going to do it on their own necessarily. Yeah. None of us are. No, right. So how do we sort of guide them there? I mean, I think you got to talk to them about it. And this is like what media literacy is, right? Like you got to yeah. 
explain kind of what we've been just talking about that, you know, you can look at these images and you can let them make you feel bad or you can choose not to. And if you can't make yourself kind of detach in that way and say, this isn't real or this isn't who I am or whatever, then, you know, the great thing in some ways about social media in particular is like, you can get rid of some of those people in your life. You don't have to follow that person. No. And kids sometimes need to be reminded of that. Like they forget, Mm. like you're in charge. Like you can just Uh. like get like unload this, like get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that's a really important lesson. And I've done this with my own kids. I'm like, why are you following this like celebrity? Like what, what is this? You know? And like, why don't you like follow more interesting people? Like like, it's kind of boring. You know, they're going to be like, oh, you're just like so lame. You're so old. <laughs> but just because they're rolling their eyes at you. In fact, I forget another psychologist, I think Lisa Damore often says this. They roll their eyes at you. That means they listened. Uh, yeah, it's it, it got in there. Right. So like we always think that's bad when kids are oh. giving us those looks. It's not entirely bad. It means they actually heard us. They're listening. Yeah, yeah, right. But they don't always want to like admit that. Oh, you're right, right? Like, this is just normal parent-child sort of dynamic. They're not going to always admit that. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't say it. Say it. Yeah. Let them roll their eyes. There's. They might get in. Yeah. They might get rid of those people in their news feeds or whatever. Well, so much of being a teenager is like having to figure things out for yourself or feel like you at least sort of, you know, yeah, I'll think about it. And um, then, you know, really considering it and sort of coming to your own decision about things instead of just accepting what other people tell you, especially your parents. And, you know, it's actually helpful as a parent to be sort of on the journey with them and thinking about your own body image and um, what issues are you dealing with right now with what you're going through in your body and how are the people that you're following on social media influencing your thoughts about that and noticing things like that that don't feel like you're saying, you know, oh, hey, well, all the kids these days are doing this and that's not healthy, but like you're saying, hey, no, I noticed something um, the other day, just when I was on social media and I started, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I noticed I was like, I was comparing myself to this person that I'm following and something that's real um, to you. And and that doesn't feel like a lecture because it is actually like real and authentic and, and something a little vulnerable, like about something that yeah. you really are genuinely struggling with um, in terms of your own body image. And I just think that kind of a conversation is like so much more powerful than anything that feels like a lecture where you're saying, you know, hey, we need to talk about your um, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um, because, you know, modeling, modeling is so powerful, but also it does get in and like, they will hear you. And if you're talking about yourself, then it gives them that one sort of little degree of separation where they can then say, oh, you know, I kind of do that too sometimes. And then they can like come to the realization on their own and internalize it themselves. And when we can allow that to happen, then it can be a lot more powerful, I think, than sort of us pointing out, notice what you're doing. Do you see that? No, I mean, I think that strategy is excellent. There's so much about this. I think a lot of us as adults are still working through and can figure out. And it's great. I think it's really good when kids see that like, yeah, some of this is 
complicated. It's hard. We're still figuring it out. You know, we can talk about it again, making it normal, just normalizing that social media is new to adults too. So we're figuring it out. And I think too, asking them questions, you know, like you said, like no one likes a lecture. That is how we're going to get them to tune out. But ask questions like, why do you think so-and-so is wearing that? Whatever comes up, sometimes there's just, you know, something on television while you're watching with your kid or just ask. I mean, this is the great thing about teenagers too, is that they are inherently more in touch with popular culture than most adults. So there start to be things, they're not always super substantive things, but there there starts to be all sorts of things they can teach us. And that can be really fun, I think, actually, to just sort of understand like, you know, the musicians they're into or the movies they like or, you know, whatever it is, just like popular culture can be a really great way to connect with kids. And it's also a good avenue for talking about some of this. And, and it doesn't hurt that a lot of, you know, celebrities these days, see, I sound so old when I say it like that, but um, (laughs) do talk about their own mental health, their own issues, you know, and sometimes that's an an avenue. I'll say I, I was reading this news story, or I was, you know, watching the news, or I saw this on Instagram about whoever it may be saying that they were in therapy or whatever, like, what do you think about that? Or usually they know this stuff before I do. I mean, they're, yeah. they're way more in touch. Yeah, yeah. I think you get like a little bit of street cred. If you can bring up something that's going on in uh... culture. and even if you get it wrong, it's still like, then they get to correct you and they like that too. So yeah. You don't have to like totally understand what's going on. God knows I am long past that, I think at this point, but, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's fun. It's fun to kind of learn this. It's fun to remember what it was like to be a teenager and to be really into your favorite musician or your favorite actor, actress. It's fun to kind of relive some of that, that experience of your youth, but with the wisdom of age, and then to try to make it a little bit easier. Yeah young people you care about now. We're here today with Dr. Charlotte Markey talking about body image issues for boys. And we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. When it comes to things like the protein powder and the supplements, like you want to go to the facts. Yeah. You know, the research is just really clear that... Mm. They're not regulated. We're not really positive always what's in them. It's really not safe, especially for developing bodies, which are just more vulnerable. It's just really a bad idea. It's just really maddening that it's an entire industry, this sort of supplement wellness industry that's completely unregulated. Totally. Making a ton of money. Yeah. Really capitalizing on all of our vulnerabilities about yeah, right. not just our appearance, but kind of like our mortality, right? Because it's not yeah. just like appearance. A lot of it's health and like you'll live longer or during the pandemic, it was like, you can build up your immune system. Some of this stuff can just take up a lot of mental space. Yeah, right. And it's not our fault. Like, I don't want anyone to feel blamed if they feel like they spend a lot of mental energy on this. Because again, we're getting messages from everywhere that this is important and we should care about how we look and this should take up a lot of mental space and a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of everything. We're not always 
as good as parents at as we need to be. Like you can subcontract some of this out and that's not irresponsible. Yeah. It actually often works better, whether it be mm. a book or a web page or another provider, like, you know, help to just get those resources to the kids you care about. You might just have to accept that they're going to be taken better coming from a different source sometimes. Yeah, totally. Right. Our kids see us as just biased sources of information because we are their parents. If kids are commenting on others' appearance, yeah, what you do with that. I don't think you can just say like, don't say that. Hey, that's mean. Right. We're nice in this household. We don't say those things. You can try that, but I don't think that's going to be your most effective avenue. Uh, I don't think so. That's not going to work. Also, I just don't think shaming kids in general is a good idea. Yeah, you can go with like people are more than their book covers or whatever. You know, I think what you really want to pause sometimes and ask questions, right? Yeah. Did you see what so-and-so was wearing? And say like, oh, well, why do you think he or she wore that? Or why do you care he or she wore that? I don't know. Do you think it's kind of interesting when people just go with their own style? Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get access to all the interviews I've conducted, as well as new episodes weeks before the general public. It's completely affordable, and your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.